superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello. This Hello. is the Rich Eisen Show. Big Kirko wakes up dripping like this. I like it, Kirko. You like that. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. After review, the fumble went over the pylon, which my Stupid ass rule. Today's guests. NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, legendary broadcaster Bob Costas, Colorado head coach Deion Sanders, author and comedian Cedric the Entertainer, and now it's Rich Eyes. Yes, it is. What a Friday show we have in store for you for the rest of the week number two that began last night on prime video right here on roku i'm sure you saw it we say hello to our listening audience as well sirius xm odyssey in this terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us our podcast listeners smart enough to hit that follow button smash that button for all three hours of the rich eisen show every single day overreaction monday on mondays and on tuesday what the football with Susie schuster and amy trask we're expanding our brand and empire that's how we roll here on the Rich Eisen Show. We appreciate you being here on this Friday. Four guests, four wide. Bob Costas, Deion Sanders, Cedric the Entertainer. My buddy Tom Pelissero is joining us in about 18 minutes' time for the latest on what is going on with Travis Kelsey. Is he going to be ready for the Chiefs to bounce back after they lost one week ago last night? What's going on with the Jets quarterback search? Are they having one or not? Aaron Rodgers is convalescing here in Southern California. Dr. Neil Elitrosh and his perfect hair repairing that Achilles <laughs> tendon here in SoCal. Um, and so uh, lots to discuss as Rodgers is apparently talking today. Hey. And so, uh, man, good to see you over there, Chris Brock. And what's going hey, on, Rich, brother? Uh, nothing. How about Jason Kelsey basically sort of confirming that his brother's dating Taylor Swift? There you go. I like it. I like it. Very, very much so. (laughs) Maybe. I'm ready for it. Uh, How are you over there? Jason Feller, how are you? Is my mic close enough to my face? Uh, This is very good. Thank you. How are you, TJ Jefferson? What's going on, brother? I'm good. I'm obviously waiting for the breakup song. That's what I'm waiting for. But right now, we'll just cover two. And, uh, uh, we've got four wide today right here on our <laughs> program. Um, so let's talk about Thursday night football. I-, I looked at the standings, and I understand there's a lot of questions. But it says 2-0 and for the Philadelphia Eagles. It says uh, they've played two games, and they've won them both. And we want things instantly in this world. Perfect example. Last night, just 12 minutes into the Philadelphia Eagles home schedule an nfc championship won in front of them last year we saw uh the eagles damn near win the super bowl we saw them survive new england which is tough to do doesn't matter what you got going in uh 12 minutes in to last night's game lustily uh, booing the eagles were they fans of the philadelphia eagles just raining down booze it's kind of a garbage game in the first half dude it does it doesn't come on. Four quarters. What do you mean? Gar- they looked like they looked awful. They want it's just I, I that's my perfect point. You want it like now. It's going to take time. Their offensive coordinator is sitting in Indianapolis trying to figure out what to do without Jonathan Taylor. They're gonna try and figure out what is going on. Defenses play a certain way. You had eight guys dropping out. So what did they do? They just unfortunately couldn't turn. Any of these turnovers early on into points, and they wound up matriculating the ball down the field and jamming DeAndre Swift down the throats of the Minnesota Vikings. And I guess, yeah, they didn't look great in the first quarter. So you're going to boo them? Well, play in the preseason so you don't look like crap in the first two weeks. I know you're riding that train. DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield, a buck 75, 28 carries. And this guy, on the draft night when he's acquired, 
And I, I, I mean, you thought that the Lions clearly having Jameer Gibbs in their house now didn't need him anymore. Couldn't, you know, they're going to flip him out there. And when he went to the Eagles, you're like, okay. Of course. Beast. How many Georgia Bulldogs can they possibly get either drafting or acquiring on a draft night? And all it took was just two games for them to just ride him. Lead back 28 carries, including a whole bunch on a final drive that it didn't look like they would need because they were up 27 to 7 in this game in the third quarter. 20, you know, and 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 the Vikings came back and the Vikings did what they usually do in the second half, which is put points on the board. Sure enough, they needed a 16 play drive to wrap it up, and that's what they did. So I'm not going to sit here and and say the Eagles are um, less than. You can see last year what they looked at the end, and you can see what they are now. And to your point, Chris, they do look choppy. It doesn't look all that great. They are giving up some touchdowns on defense. They are giving up two touchdowns to Kendrick Bourne in week one, and then you watched – K.J. Osborne be wide open in an end zone. You saw Justin Jefferson doing his thing. Jordan joining only yeah, Jordan Addison taking the top of the defense off. And and I just feel that defensively, they'll tighten these bolts and they're going to get home on some people. But they're 2-0. and That's all you need. And all I needed to see is what this offensive line is doing. If you have an offensive line that can road grade and and dominate a game when you need it. That's going to give you some more wins than losses in this league. And you saw the benefits of that last night. 259 yards rushing, 48 carries. That's what the Eagles can do. And I know uh, A.J. Brown was frustrated. I get it. Trust me, I have Dallas Goddard in fantasy. Two weeks in, I'm wondering, when is he going to get the football? A.J. Brown, it appeared last night, was wondering the same thing. Sideline stuff just two weeks in. Mm. After last season, um, I'd be a little concerned about that. But it's one of those things where they said, we're going to keep it in-house and we're all good. And Jalen Hurts said he's a good teammate and, uh, and a friend and what have you. But it is definitely something that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, to keep an eye on. Just put a pin in it. Put a pin in that. Because right now, 2-0 and and the Philadelphia Eagles next will be coming your way on Monday night. A nice 11-day respite for them uh, at Tampa as part of the Week 3 finale doubleheader. There's a doubleheader of Monday night games this week and Week 3 as well. So they're 2-0 and with a proverbial winnable game coming up in Week number 3. After that, Philadelphia um, takes on Washington at home out here against the Rams, and then they're the latest team in week six that's going to be presumably going against Zach Wilson. Not concerned. Not concerned. Neither is Jalen Hurts. This is what he had to say after the game about the offense, as we saw it last night, sputtering in the first half, getting needing a 61-yarder. You know? Damn, that was impressive. Off of Elliott's foot to get it through the uprights to take a 13-7 lead. You know, getting the benefits of what I call the stupid-ass rule that Brockman loves. Fumbling <laughs> through the end zone. Oh, if uh, only Justin Jefferson had the wherewithal of fumbling the ball, reaching for the goal line, and having it fortunately go out of bounds at the one-inch line. But instead it went on the other side of the pylon and he lost it. If only he was coached up to not reach for the pylon. Which Belichick does. So, long story short, this is what Jalen Hurts had to say about the offense after the game last night. We set the precedent for thing for how things are supposed to look, and that's the funny thing that makes me chuckle, um, because we set the precedent for how things are supposed to look, and you see all these beautiful balls down the field and um, all these big time plays, but we rushed for 255 yards. You know, it, it's, they didn't stop that, and that's a testament to the O line, the way DeAndre uh, ran the ball and other guys when they ran the ball and they had their opportunities, but. Winning looks a ton of different ways, you know, and I say winning is the only thing that matters. Winning is truly the only thing that matters. Well, and A.J. Brown, I will just say this. Clearly, the two teams they've played so far are 
went into the game saying he's not beating us. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Smith showed uh, what happens if you focus on that. If you focus on that and you focus on putting eight deep so Jalen Hurts holds on to the ball, maybe you hit him enough, and he's getting hit too. That would be another thing I'd be concerned about. Um, that's my rational way of looking at the Thursday night kickoff by not having an overreaction to it. Let me go in the opposite direction. Ooh. Jets should call Minnesota for Kirk Cousins like right now. Like right now. Let's do it. Yeah, buddy. Right now. Yes. Hey, yes. Minnesota. Let's go. You got him. Ring, ring. You got him after we couldn't get him. Yeah. Folks, you might forget it. Before he liked that in Minnesota, he stopped by the Jets on his free agent tour. Jets apparently offered him more money. And he took less to go to Minnesota. Maybe he doesn't want to come to New York. Maybe he wants no piece of New York. Maybe he wants no piece of New York or New Jersey. Maybe, I get it, Zach Wilson will be fine. You know what Kirk Cousins does? Garbage time stats like nobody else. You know what Kirk Cousins, I shouldn't ask these things without. I mean, come on, Rich. You know. (laughs) You know the answer. (laughs) You know what Kirk Cousins does? You know what Kirk Cousins does? (laughs) Is he throws the football very well. He finds his receivers very well. And he doesn't, knock on wood for him, get hurt. He answers the bell. He is the apple of many coaches' eyes in this league for a good reason. He wasn't the reason why they lost this game last night. It would have been really good if he didn't lose. The, if 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 what didn't happen last night, were if we didn't, if you're Minnesota, get a, a fumble on a punt return early in the first quarter, setting you up damn near right on the red zone. That's one, two. Alexander Madison doesn't put the ball on the ground. That's two. Maybe he wants to play with Dalvin Cook again. That's three. Number three, Justin Jefferson doesn't reach for the pylon. They get zero points right there. That every single fumble the Vikings put on the ground, unfortunately for them, wound up in the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one of those fumbles was a blindside sack in which he wasn't protected, which might happen in New York if he goes to the Jets. I'm, this is irrational because there's no way the Vikings at 0-2 would be wanting to pull the ripcord and move on. I know, though, they have been kicking tires on quarterbacks for multiple drafts. Multiple. This one in particular. They just couldn't go up and get the guy they wanted. It just made no sense to do that when they've got Cousins there. And 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 you're not pulling the ripcord. What, here's what I would do. From the Vikings... Um, if things look bad, I'd sign Justin Jefferson to a contract right now. Yeah, because he's going to be asking for a trade soon. Sign a contract right now. Sign him. And then flip Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Why not? Because I'll tell you what, I know you love carping on him, as you just did moments ago, that Kirk Cousins. It stinks. You're he, never going to win a big game with this guy. It's 13-7 to seven at halftime. You get the ball to start the half. You fumble, they score a touchdown. Then on the next drive, you have two completions for minus five yards. You go three and out, Eagles score a touchdown, that game's a wrap. That's on Kirk. Kirk Cousins would be a much better option potentially for Zach Wilson unless we start seeing something right here, right now. Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia. And the Vikings, maybe, just maybe they can turn this thing around fast. They're home against the Chargers. There's a winnable game at Carolina, with all due respect to Carolina, as it currently sits right now. Home for Kansas City at Chicago. Monday night home against San Francisco at Green Bay. That's right around when the trade deadline's going to hit. That's two and six. Potentially. And if you're hovering around that, You'd have to seriously consider. This is, again, such a knee-jerk, overreaction conversation. But in the same way, you know, it is an overreaction, knee-jerk conversation. Also to say that Kirk Cousins stinks. 
his track record doesn't look great. But there have been many track records that don't look great. And then they find up being in the right spot and things can turn around. And when you have other options that might not be ready, you need to be ready to go make a bold maneuver. And feasibly, monetarily, it could work. I saw this one on Twitter earlier this morning. Kirk Cousins traded cash slash cap slash cash salary is right around $8.8 million right now. And I believe that's That's right in the wheelhouse of what Aaron Rodgers has left on the table for Joe Douglas to make some maneuvers. Wouldn't that be ironic? Hmm. So. Seems low, right? Right. So I understand what his track record is, and I understand how frustrating it can be to watch him. But there's a reason why multiple NFL teams would fall over themselves for Kirk Cousins, and the Jets might be one of them. And we'll see if the Vikings would, heaven forbid, be willing to do that. And I'm sure Vikings fans right now are hearing this conversation and are saying, Rich, you're so nuanced about the Eagles at 2-0 and that you're not concerned about how they've looked in their two wins. Why aren't you uh, um, saying the same thing about our 0-2 Vikings? Because since 1990, even with the new playoff system, 12% of 0-2 teams make the playoffs. Do the math for you. That's 88% chance on average that the Vikings are in trouble. And if this is Kirk Cousins last year, maybe, just maybe. You're Joe Douglas. You keep that one in your top right-hand drawer if you're right-handed. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on this program How about hour number three, everybody? Deion Sanders, then Cedric the Entertainer, back-to-back. Let's go. Bring your belly laughs. It's going to be a fun third hour. You have overreact. Pardon me. You've got uh, what's more likely in hour number two. I've got my top five intriguing matchups for the rest of week two. There's your phone calls at 844-204-RICH. That's the number to dial. TJ Jefferson with fantasy advice. And in hour number two, yesterday I had Bob Costas call in. To help me with my power rankings, <laughs> just to see how he would react. And then he went in on the overtime rules and wants to um, call back in for a an error and omission correction because oh. he is that type of guy. Wow. <laughs> Bob's a professional. Yes, indeed. Yeah, he's a pro. That's what Bob Costas is. But coming up, Tom Pelissero, also a professional of NFL Network, NFL Insider, joining us next on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show on the Jets quarterback search and more. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. Tom Pelissero about to join us right here uh, on the program. Also, the Vikings last night, I just saw this. They had, let me get this correct. The Vikings ran the ball nine times. (laughs) Nine times. And, you know, I I get when you're down 27-7, to you got to throw it around. But coming in... Uh, at this point, I know he scored a touchdown, one touchdown in New England, but at this point, it, 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 the early returns on trading Dalvin Cook, I, I guess, I don't know, is, is, is that how they signed Daniil Hunter? I, 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 I guess I, I should look better at their finances and the other pieces of the puzzle that they put together. 
But first blush, it's just at the at the time when it happened, it's just like, why are you trading Dalvin Cook? Like, what are you doing? Just to save the you know your your money, and uh, I guess what, you're gonna million, have to right? you're gonna have to sign Justin. They, so they but they, they they don't sign Justin Jefferson yet. And the Justin Jefferson's credit, I mean, the fact that this contract hasn't hit yet and wide receivers are treated differently, I mean, bless him. Bless him that he's a difference maker. I mean, dude came into the season with the record number of yards and receptions through the first three seasons of a player's career. And it also sets the record for the first four seasons of a player's career. And he becomes only the fifth player to start a season with 150 or more yards in his first two games. Now, I think Tyreek Hill's going to join that mix maybe on on uh, on Sunday night. But, man, 0-2 is a hard pill to swallow in Minnesota. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by as our, our friend and uh, frequent uh, guest host and also one of the insiders on the new program, in The Insiders on NFL Plus and NFL Network, our friend from the NFL Media Group, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, is none other than our friend Tom Palacero. How are you, Tom? Woo! What's hey. up, Tom? Appreciate Woo! it. Hi, Rich. Hi to the fellas in the studio. Tom, uh, what's up, baby? It's great. You guys, doing great. This Glad is you guys were... We're all Rich, back. they were texting me yesterday during the show asking how many casual jackets I own. Yes. Um, so I'm just glad that you guys are uh, focused on the really important things. And also well, Brockman was so far on the under, he's got no future at Vegas setting lines. So oh. far on the under. So we were watching, we have NFL Plus on while we're watching the show. And, yeah, yeah. and he's up there in the three box with, with Mike and, and Ian. And, you know, he's wearing a casual jacket. But it's I'm, fine. And I'm like... How many of those do you own? Because I've personally seen you wear about seven. Well, here's the thing. Tom, let me jump in here. Um, you're stylish, and you wear it well. Uh, at least you're not like Rappaport, who looks like he's eight with everything that he's wearing on this program. You know? like I, I said that on The Insiders recently. Yes. Uh, he was wearing a he, – he claims that a Henley is not a T-shirt because it has a couple of buttons, to which I say – we said there was no T-shirt rule, and you're violating on a daily basis. He yes. looks like his mom bought his wardrobe yep. at Target. Yes. Nothing against Target. Nope. Great used store. To, Tom, I go there all the time. I might be, I might be um, <laughs> dating myself. They're called. They, I, there used to be something called Garanimals, where the top was associated with an animal, and the bottom was associated with an animal, and you matched the animal <laughs> to the animal, and that was what you're wearing. That's what it looks like Ian Rapport is wearing on the Insiders. But wow. it's okay. It's okay. It's his style, and you have yours, and uh, and it's a fun show. Congratulations on it, by the way. Thank you. We're, we're definitely having a good time. Get a lot of material, a lot of uh, Ian's wardrobe, and talk news. Have fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time every and it, weekend. And on NFL Plus um, and NFL Network, the plus is from noon to one, and then from one to three on NFL Network. Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. At present, however, let's jump into. Uh, the Jets quarterback situation, they say they're fine with Tim Boyle going into Sunday. Walk me through what tires they kicked before coming up with they were sticking with Zach and Tim Boyle, at least for this week. Well, I know that they've kind of spoken internally about different options. I have not gotten the sense that they've really made a big push to go bring in anybody that you know fans would be like, oh my gosh, they're bringing in this quarterback. Now, there were some guys out there who know Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Brett Rippon is one of them. The Rams ended up promoting him to the 53-man roster with Stetson Bennett going on NFI. So that was one option off the list. Now, they'll take a look at Zach Wilson in the short term. He's still the guy who was the number two overall draft pick. He's a guy who they wanted to, you know, they could have sold him on the cheap. They could have done what the 49ers did with Trey Lance and say, you know what, we're just going to get whatever we can get for you move on and, you know, basically acknowledge that we made a mistake with the pick. No, they they thought that Zach Wilson being around Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett would really give him an opportunity to take a step back, learn from somebody like Rodgers, watching him every day, work with a guy like Hackett, who is so consistently positive and energetic and really try to turn things around. What they didn't want was Zach Wilson now suddenly is the starting quarterback in week two, but you have a team right now. It showed on Monday night. You can win with defense. They got one of the best in the league. 
They got weapons all over on offense. They can absolutely run the football. That's got to be the formula for the Jets moving forward here. Could they bring in another quarterback at some point? You would think they're going to get a third body in the building at least. But I think we're a ways away from any type of a drastic, okay, who can we trade for type of a situation. Let's see what Zach Wilson can do because he doesn't have to do it all himself. Did they kick the tires on Brady? Did they give him a call? Did they throw a YOLO call at Tom Brady? Tom? As far as I know, there was no serious consideration of any veteran quarterback, including Tom Brady or Joe Flacco or any of the others. Now, again, they talked through all these options, but you know, going and getting Brady, who – I mean, Rich, you, you've, you've spent a lot of time around Brady through the years and, and kind of seen him. Like, when he was standing at the podium in Foxborough, I thought he looked so thin, so like, I mean, he's never been a really muscular guy. Obviously, he right. believes in you do, you know, resistance bands and things. You're not going out and benching 600 pounds. But he looks like he's really into retirement mode at this point. Not to say that Tom Brady couldn't walk out there today and be better than all but maybe, you know, a handful of the quarterbacks in the league, but... When he says that he's done, I, I get the sense that everybody's kind of, at least for now, in September, uh, taking that at face value. You know, and, and of course, it's the Jets, and, and that that's a whole different ball of wax for anybody who's a Patriot for life. I, I, I'm just trying to see here and what the Jets are thinking about, if not to get somebody who is going to be more prepared or more able to win a game that they can win than Tim Boyle, because Zach Wilson has shown no ability to have full-time 17-week availability when his availability sometimes is so inconsistent, but he does get hurt. And 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 I, I think this is a very thin net that they're going into Dallas with, to be straight-up honest. And then behind is New England and Kansas City, and Denver, and Philadelphia, which is now 2-0, and despite not looking like they're firing on all cylinders. That's a real thin net for a team that has seen before, hey, they're in almost every game if you can only get 17, 20 points with no turnovers. You know? That's my two I cents. I think you also have to remember, this is a Monday night game where Aaron Rodgers got hurt. If he gets hurt in a 1 p.m. Sunday game, you've got just that little bit more time to bring in quarterbacks who might be on the street for a workout or look to other teams' practice squads. You're kind of later in the week. Not that they couldn't have gone and gotten somebody, but you're in more of a time crunch. So I would think that next week would probably be where they'd add another quarterback. Tim Boyle's there in part because he's got a really good relationship with Aaron Rodgers, also because he knows that system from Green Bay. He's run it before uh, with Nathaniel Hackett. I think in the macro, you bring up a great point about the schedule, Rich, which you know when I was sitting here in the summer and thinking, okay, Aaron Rodgers coming in and all the hype, my thinking was what the Jets are going to have to deal with here is realistically, I think that starting out three and three, this is with Aaron Rodgers, three and three or maybe four and two would be really good based on that schedule. And yet, you know that the media is going to be going, oh, they're three and three. What's going wrong? They need to survive this early part of the schedule. So getting that win on Monday night for you know the purposes of their goals was pretty big. You stole a win that there's no way anybody would have thought you lose Aaron Rodgers on the fourth play and you're beating the Bills uh, on national TV. So Find a way to get two or three more wins. Week seven is their bye. We can recalibrate a little bit. And maybe at that point, it's, you know what? Zach Wilson's not good enough. But I, I can tell you this. The thinking within the building was, yeah, we can talk about, all right, who are those veterans on other rosters? And you trade for a, a Case Keenum or an Andy Dalton or you sign someone off a practice squad or you bring in Flacco Wentz. There's nobody out there that the Jets believed would be better than what they think they can get out of Zach Wilson right now. Again, within the context of how they want to play the game, what they need from Zach Wilson, and I always, every morning, Rich, I'm always on the exercise bike, and I flip around to the different networks, just kind of see what people are talking about and what the storylines are that we're making up today. And one of them that I saw yesterday was, what if Zach Wilson is great against the Cowboys? I'm sitting there going, the last thing the Jets should want is Zach Wilson to go try to be great. Just be the guy we need you to be. We all know you can roll out to your right and throw a 70-yard moon ball off your back foot on the run. We don't need that. Maybe one time a game you're going to have to do that. But just get the ball to Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard. Play to your defense. It's okay to you know take the check down on third down and punt the football away. They've got different ways they can win. No, they're not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. But they think 
and they can harness Zach Wilson and get enough out of him that they can still be competitive here as we move forward. And then just to wrap this up, um, you know, ESPN is announcing as you're, you and I are talking that Aaron Rodgers is appearing on McAfee's show uh, later on in a couple of hours from now. All we've got uh, up to this point are two Instagram posts, one where he thanked everybody who has been trying to reach out to him. Uh, and then another one of him uh, here in Southern California. So I guess he'll be, you know, hopped up on a little bit of Vicodin when he hops on Pat's show. Um, thus, post-surgery, what do, you, what do you think about his thought process here, Tom? What do you well, hearing? I think the, the Instagram post was not explicit, but hinted at the idea he's going to come back. You know, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett have indicated something similar. Woody Johnson immediately tweeted, this is not the end of the story. They're trying to wrap their arms around Aaron Rodgers. He's a guy who turns 40 years old in December. There's a lot of things that were instructive to Aaron Rodgers through his life and his career from watching the end of Brett Favre's career. And if you remember, Rich, you know, in 2009 with the Vikings, Favre goes on this amazing run after his year with the Jets and has them on the precipice of going to the Super Bowl and then throws the interception in New Orleans. And they had to coax him to come back in 2010 and Brett Favre one of the most durable players in NFL history I want to say there were four games four or five games that he did not finish that year one game he got hit in the chin was carted off like holding bleeding from his chin another game the final snap he ever played Corey Wooten at frozen TCF Bank Stadium hit Favre and he went down in full-on like chalk outline position and didn't get up um I I think that Rodgers you know and he's the same age that was Favre's uh 40 year old season Rodgers is at the same age. He's talked about this not being a one-year commitment to the Jets. He wants to continue to play. Um, that was when he was healthy. And we'll see what terms he talks you know, about things in. I would certainly think that his heart is going to be back just as a competitor, that he's not going to want that to be the way that his career ends. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that he plays again. But you're talking about a grueling rehab process here that he's going to have to go through. He's very you know, intellectual and very in tune with everything going on spiritually in his body. I don't know that we're going to get it. I hope we get a proclamation. It would be great just to check that box. Okay, Rodgers will be back in 2024. We don't have to talk about him again. But I would think that he's going to have to go through that same process. He always does. And physically, it's a lot harder to come back from any injury, much less one like this when you're 40 and not 25. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network insider from the Insiders on NFL Network here on the Rich Eisen Show. So let's uh, turn some pages here. Travis Kelsey, his readiness for Sunday, based on what you're hearing uh, on this Friday, is what? He's practiced the last couple of days, albeit in limited fashion. Um, you know, initially, when he first had the injury, the thinking was, you know, once they ruled out it being something worse, this was a one- to two-week injury. So it didn't make a lot of sense right after, you know, he'd had the knee drained and those things to push him back out there. He wasn't ready. Um, but now, you know, after 10 days from the Thursday night opener, I, I think he's got a decent shot. It's a matter of he's got to feel comfortable. The team's got to feel comfortable. Uh, this is not going to be something that's a, a long-term injury for Travis Kelsey. So if not this week, which I would lean toward right now, it is. We'll see what the injury report says. Uh, then I would anticipate week three. That's when you see Travis Kelsey back out there. Okay, and then uh, let's talk about the uh, the team that the Chiefs beat in the Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles, who we saw on Thursday night improve to 2-0. and and A.J. Brown, we're already, what, about seven quarters into the season, and he and Hurts and the Eagles seem to have a heated conversation, and these things happen on sidelines. That's where Nick Sirianni said it's going to be kept in terms of what was going on. What is your interpretation of what have you heard was actually going on, and how might this inform how the Eagles move forward? We'll see. I think those are some of those details will come out uh, in the coming days here. I would say what I would – thought was interesting coming out of that game last night was how Brian Flores defended the Eagles. And I'm not saying that that's the blueprint because they still gave up a bunch of points, albeit in part because the Vikings kept giving the football away. But, you know, you saw them in a lot of occasions drop out, rush three, drop eight, and just make them keep taking those short four or five yard passes, which to Jalen Hurts' credit, he did repeatedly in the game. He got one opportunity. Devonta Smith takes the, the top off the defense. It's a big play. But other than that, the Vikings were just saying, we're going to we're going to drop those linebackers out. We're going to keep Jalen Hurts from running all over us here. We're going to give you all those underneath passes, but we're not going to let you go down the field. Well, for A.J. Brown, a big part of what he does is in that intermediate deep passing game, when you're being defended like that, 
uh, it makes a little bit things a little bit harder. You know, AJ Brown come, came from a place in Tennessee where he where he began his career where there weren't a lot of opportunities because he didn't throw the football as much. I would think that some of that evens out. A lot of it is you know based upon how defenses are playing them. And anytime you've got a quarterback who kind of I know that Jalen finished well in 2021, but when they burst onto the scene and have that MVP caliber run like he did last season, defenses spend the whole offseason going, okay, what are we going to do differently here? And you got a little taste of one of the potential approaches. Not that anybody still has an answer for, uh, you know, the middle of that line, just pushing forward and then getting two yards on every third and one. So uh, before I let you go, Tom, uh, I'm going to do this every Friday, like open your notebook. What what do you want to talk about? What should be talked about? Give me your your Tom Pelissero um, nugget here or concept that you're seeing out there on the 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 uh, gridiron or what people are talking about. What do you got for me on that front? I would say one thing is a lot of the conversation coming out of the Sunday night football game was about how the Giants were that bad. And I would counter that, yes, they were bad. <laughs> Let's not get that twisted. But I think that the part that gets lost a little bit is this Dallas Cowboys team might be really good. And if you talk to Mike McCarthy, he'll tell you this might be the most talented roster that he's had, you know, certainly since the nearly undefeated days in Green Bay, which was over a decade ago. They've got everything. They've got a really good defense. You saw, again, in limited fashion, you're going to get a little more of a taste of this when they face some different defenses. But Dak Prescott, that passing game's different. It's all about, you know, establishing rhythm now. You had more downfield passing with Kellen Moore, and you're still going to have that element. But if you watch a lot of what Dak was doing, it was three steps and get the football out. It was get the ball in space to the playmakers. It was find a way to get the ball to the perimeter. Not everything has to be that big play. You know, they're, they want to be cautious of how much they're riding Tony Pollard, but you're seeing the Dak, a different Dak Prescott. Let's get him out of the rain. Let's put him against a really good defense. All the focus could be on Zach Wilson, but let's see how Dak and that Cowboys offense react when they're going up against the, uh, the Jets defense this weekend. Another thing I just bring up because – partly because I'm going to be at the game, is the Lions going back to Detroit. They're hosting the Seahawks this week. There is never, you know, in my 20 years covering the NFL, and longer than that, been any level of hype surrounding the Detroit Lions. And I think that you know they've won so many games in a row at this point, going back to the end of last season, and there's so much positivity. I think that everybody within the league is kind of waiting to see at some point, do they crack a little bit? Does Jared Goff? He hasn't thrown an interception in like 400 attempts or something like that. At some point, does Jared Goff start to to show you know a little bit of weakness here? But you look at them right now; they got a really good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. They haven't even unleashed Jameer Gibbs yet. You might see a little bit more of that this week. And Aaron Glenn, since they kind of made those um, you know philosophical shifts in how they were playing defense at the bye last season, they've been really good on that side of the ball. You know, is this an actual contender? I think that you know a lot of people look at the NFC and say. Outside the Eagles and the 49ers, maybe it's pretty wide open at this point. Are the Lions that caliber? They just went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Let's just see for the first time in forever how they handle having hype and success because that's a whole other challenge than just being the lowly Lions and everybody's happy if you win a couple of games. And uh, so then I got two great points. I appreciate that. I've got one last one for you. Uh, We are going to have Deion Sanders on at the top of the third hour of this Friday program. We're all paying rent in his world right now and as we're watching him succeed in Colorado and seemingly be set to go 3-0 and before facing the uh, remaining Pac-12's uh, behemoths in USC and Oregon not in that order uh, there's a conversation of how long Dion will stay in Colorado already with the concept of an NFL team potentially being interested in him what are you hearing what whispers ear-to-the-ground conversation on Prime, our friend from many years at NFL Network. Are you hearing about at the NFL level right now? Well, first of all, I put nothing past Prime at this point. Right. You know, whether he's a, you know, baseball, football, TV, yes. coaching, like whatever he wants to do, I'm pretty convinced that he's going to be highly successful at it. I would say the one thing, and this goes back to talking to some of the Jackson State players that he had about how Dion tried to build that culture and you look at, you know, the number a lot was made in the offseason of how many players left the Colorado program. A big part of what Dion has been trying to do is teach young people how to be men and teach them how to be accountable and disciplined and do things the right way. It's a little bit different when you're talking to NFL players. The challenges are different. You can't just 
go and take a bunch of players from another team that you like and put them on your team. Again, I'm putting nothing past Dion. I would say there would be some level of skepticism just about how his approach would work. It may be more effective. And that's there's plenty of coaches who are really good at the college level because of you know what they bring. There you have such control over the program and you're doing everything in terms of recruiting. In the NFL, there's a lot of different uh, types of layers to it. So I'm fascinated to see how far Dion can take this at Colorado. I would have no doubt there's going to be you know, bigger programs that are coming after Dion. But on the flip side of that, is anything bigger than Colorado right now? No. Is there anything Dion can't do? Is there any player in the country Dion can't get? We all have this very structural idea of college football that, hey, unless you're Alabama, unless you're Florida State, you're Miami, and you've got massive NIL money, Texas, and you can spend it, and you're the blue blood programs, you're just, you're always going to be Cincinnati. You're always just going to be right on the outside looking in. Maybe not. Maybe Colorado yeah, no. this year has you know brings in based on all the attention, based on the early success. Listen, it's two games. We'll see where things go from here. But maybe this is maybe this proves you can go and make someone into a legitimate top tier program. There's not another Deion Sanders out there, but I think that at the college level, you might see people maybe opening their eyes a little bit to other types of ideas. Maybe one of the elements, Rich, you asked me about Deion and could he go to the NFL. I would say success of Deion Sanders also makes you wonder, could we see more coaches from the NFL level who might be named or former players potentially getting college opportunities now? It's not the greatest time to go into college football because everything that's going on in the space, but Deion proves, again, a unique case. But maybe there's something, too, going outside the box for these types of hires and you know, rejuvenating your program. Tom, have a good uh, episode of the Insiders today. We'll see you on NFL Game Day morning on Sunday. And always look forward to Fridays right here with you on the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks, brother. Yeah, wait. Thanks, Rich. You got it. Tom Pelissero here on the program. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and yours truly all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We'll be back with your phone calls, 844-204-RICH. Chris Brockman, TJ Jefferson, Jason Feller, and yours truly, TJ, with some fantasy advice before Dion joins us now in the second hour. He's moving up. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the program. Um, Phone calls are lit. It's all good. Dion's moving up. He was supposed to be 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. He is moving his time up to next hour. And we're like, okay, nice. We got that time. Yeah. So that means I think. Uh, I get bumped, right? Much more likely gets bumped. Uh, top of the third hour. Let's go. Prime time. He's coming in. Prime time. I can't say, I mean, I still can't believe Jay Norvell said what he said. It's just like, okay, man. <laughs> Yeah, but it was super necessary. We needed this. No. We needed this story. Well, like a 50-point beatdown? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I honestly like, don't understand the, you know. Think how many more eyes that game is going to have. It's already going to have a lot of eyes, but now there's going to be extra eyes. But you won't it. be able to see them because they'll be covered in sunglasses. I covered in sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. The East Coast will be asleep. Oh, no. People staying up for this one, baby. <laughs> I ain't going to bed. Rich, Rich normally got to get up at 145 Rich, you stand on up for the whole thing, Sunday Rich? morning. He, he's going to well, stay Well, it starts at 7 o'clock. That's good. Oh, halftime. You'll see the first half be down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or should I tell Dion I'm not going to be able to watch the first half because it's the, the first, you know, second night of Rosh Hashanah. Should I tell him that? It's the Jewish New Year? You should let him know. His, his you should make him be. aware. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Tully, how are you celebrating uh, over the weekend? Uh, I'm going to go visit my parents and uh, have some good food. Nice. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Out to Hatchapi. Okay. Very good. All right. You show me your new ink? My new ink? Uh, <laughs> hey, Mom. Do they know about the elf? Yeah, they know. Okay. We live streamed it. Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows. We did live stream from do Phoenix. I, do I cross your mind when you talk about the elf? From the tattoo parlor. <laughs> Indeed. That was so fun. <laughs> Rich, your face is on Feller's body. Just think about that forever. Well, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't wish to. Back here on our program, our number one. Uh, 
nearing its conclusion. <laughs> Dion will be joining us shortly uh, on this uh, program. Um, okay, let's get into your fantasy advice, TJ Jefferson. Are you are you ready? Are you ready for all that? Philly. Okay, it is. It is my theme music. Well, not yet. Hold on a minute. Well, I was just practicing for fun. It is time for TJ Jefferson's fantasy advice, provided to you and brought to you and sponsored by Prize Picks. Hit it, please. Give me my theme music. Uh, there we go. All right, so, guys, what I want to do is I'm going to get you ready for, for the fantasy football this upcoming weekend. Chris, Jason, I know you guys are heavily into fantasy. You too, Rich. Yeah, buddy. So I'm going to tell you who is him, who ain't him, and who might be him okay. coming up this week. Let's go. Now, okay, for my him pick, I'm going to go a little homerish with this. I'm going to admit. I'm going to tell you that the Dallas defense slash special teams is most definitely him. And I'm going to tell you what. Last week, we did a shutout, Chris, right? Yes. Not only did we give no points up, we had seven sacks. Oh. We had two defensive mm. slash special team touchdowns, two picks, and a fumble recovery. I, I'm loving what the Cowboys do, obviously, but... Yeah. This this could be a little bit of a trap game. I know my boys' tendencies. I know Dallas's history. We were expecting to run over the Jets, but I wouldn't be surprised, let's be honest, if somehow Zach Wilson pulled this out. I'm not expecting it to happen, Stop but it. it would be the most cowboy thing in the world to Stop have it. happened. And look, the Jets gave up, or Jets had 172 yards rushing last week, right, Rich? And so do you say their Cowboys defense is going to work in I, fantasy I, or not? I think it's going to work. I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to say, no, there's him. I'm not. I'm not even okay. nervous. I'm not Come on, nervous. TJ. I'm Come, on. Come on, TJ. The Dallas Cowboys D special teams are him. Now, who's not him? This guy, Brotman, thinks should have retired, and I think he set out to prove you wrong last week, Chris, and that's Matt Stafford. He had 334 oh. yards passing, found a nice rhythm with our guy Puka Doncic. I mean, Puka Nakua. Nice. But here's the deal, right? Puka Doncic. That's Puka a good one. But here's the deal, right? Matt Stafford does not play well against the 49ers at all. He has a bad history against them. Uh, The last four matchups, he has five picks. I'm going to tell you to sit Matthew Stafford, despite the fact that he looked great last week. And I think he'll look good going forward. Just not this week. This week, Matt Stafford, he ain't him. Now, this guy might be him, okay? I'm just going to give you a random name, and this dude might actually have some value in your fantasy team. That's Radio Raheem Mostert of the running back of... Miami Dolphins, and I'll tell you why. Two is 4-0 against Brockman's New England Patriots, right? There's that. I don't even know if that really matters for radio, but Belichick will try to take away Tyreek Hill, right, Chris? You, you agree I with would that? imagine The so. Cheetah, he's going to try to, like, take him away. He doesn't want Triple him to teams. have a 200-yard game. So, Radio Raheem Mostert, 72% of the snaps in week one. It seems like he's going to be the lead back there. The two-minute offense, he was in for 100% of the snaps. He didn't practice earlier in the week. I think a lot of that might scare a lot of people off, but I'm telling you, if he's in there, don't be afraid to play Raheem Mostert. He just might be him in fantasy this week. All right, that's the Fantasy Football nice. Update sponsored by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. If you're ready to test your skills, join the Prize Picks community. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Uh, phone lines are all lit. Love it. Um, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. John in Rochester. Rochester, New York. Rochester. What's up, John? Hi, Rich. First time caller. Jet fan since 1965. Okay. Wow. Welcome. I have some ton of relatives in New York City, including a famous one. So Okay. Uh, it's kind of ironic in that I was introduced to Chinese food at a restaurant on Highland Boulevard, hey, probably before you went grammar school. Probably so, sir. Certainly, sir. If you were a Jets fan since 1965, that means you're 153 years old. I'm sure <laughs> they've aged yeah, you quite well. So what's on your mind, John? I think they massively overpaid for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he should have. They should have uh, traded no more than a third-round pick this year and yeah. a conditional fourth next year. Well, that wasn't but happening. the worst part of the trade was yeah. the first-round flip of draft choices, because that enabled a guy who still holds a grudge from Super Bowl three <laughs> when the Jets destroyed the Colts to trade out of the thirteenth pick for what everybody said was a cheap price. And the Jets were prevented from drafting the left tackle, Broderick Jones. And what you saw the other night when Rodgers got injured was the guy who was playing left tackle didn't block the linebacker who was rushing in, and that's how the injury occurred. Well, thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Look, 
I mean, we're, we're now <laughs> we're now in back, right? exactly. Yeah. The hindsight yeah. is beyond 2020, <laughs> right there, yeah. man. I mean, shouldn't have traded for Aaron Rodgers. Come on, Rodgers is going to be speaking to Pat McAfee later on. Here are the three things that he's going to be. Or I hope Pat will get elicit. Uh, one is um, uh, how he's doing. Two, it will be whether he's going to come back or not. Um, and three will be: uh, is he going to? Is he going to be part of the team on the sideline? Is he going to coach up Zach at any point in time? That's it. Those are the, those are the three things. You know, uh, bo- bottom line is 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 he coming back or not? As he's sitting here right now, and is he going to be on the sideline for the New York Jets this season? And obviously, uh, the next month and a half will be used with him with his uh, foot elevated, staring at the Pacific Ocean. One would think out here. Uh, convalescing in Southern California where he had surgery on Thursday. Will he be on the sideline for the Jets this year as a coach? Will he be on the sideline for the Jets next year as a quarterback? Period. End of story. And can he tell us that on the Friday entering week two where Zach Wilson's taking on the Cowboys? That's coming up for the rest of this show. Dion next. Still here on our Roku channel. That's what I want to know. And I'm gonna guess he's he'll he'll talk about his intention to play next year, and his intention small to out. be on the sideline this yeah. year. It's just leaving a small out, but you know, I mean, guys, 39 coming coming. He's he's gonna have to. And 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 I'm I bet you he will also say he knew it right away, that the thing rolled up and he knew on the spot. Yeah. my Achilles is popped and my season is over. There's a video kind of going around right now of the Jets version of Hard Knocks that they do that you've voiced over before. What is that called? Uh, flight, uh, the flight, plan flight, flight school, or flight plan, whatever. And uh, you can tell he. It, it seems like he knows it right away. And Did, then he he tries to walk, he tries to plant, can't, and then that's when he immediately sits, sits down. down. Did you guys see the slow motion video where you can literally see the calf kind of recoil? Calf kind oh, yeah. of, just, and we, like that's what we saw, right? And that's yeah. what we saw from Durant that one year. Yeah, yeah. saw the same thing. And obviously, another thing, you know, uh, and and if if Rogers feels this way, um, I don't think it'll take too much uh, from Pat to elicit if he is uh, feeling the same way that his buddy David Bakhtiari feels about turf. And he will just flat out. No one's talking about J.K. Dommens tore his Achilles on turf. I mean, on grass. So I don't know. Well, we will see what uh, Aaron Rodgers has to say in hour number three with Cedric the Entertainer, but hour two, your calls and Deion Sanders. <laughs> 